The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, uh, you are in for a rare treat today. We've got Coach Janelle, Janelle Noel, which is a ton of fun to say if you haven't tried uh, today. And she spends a ton of time with our clients, helping them get the results that we want. And she made a really good point. I'm so excited about this topic. She started explaining, no, 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 don't say anything. I want to, you're going to say important stuff. I want everyone to hear. So today we're going to talk about how to go from cleaner to owner. And a lot of these podcasts are how to hire and how to get clients and how to do everything at the right price. And that's all wildly important. But I think what most people get stuck and feel free to correct me if you have a different perspective, Janelle, is because we're really good at telling you what to do and how to do it. Right. So once, you know, that I know you guys from the outside feel like that's the hard and scary part and there's some tricks to it and it's hard and there's, there, you know, there's, there's definitely a way to do it right and a way to do it wrong and, and whatever. But in terms of actually getting people to make changes, most people get it. The bigger problem, which I struggle with, that's why we have Janelle and Suzanne on the team, is if I know everything to do, what to do and how to do it, but I still have a bunch of weird beliefs in my mind that are cleaner beliefs, you know, like when we're coaching people like, well, you know, I don't want to do commercial because I don't want to clean nights and weekends. Like, you're not going to be cleaning. You have a team doing that. Or I don't like cleaning this part because it's hard. I'm like, you're not going to be cleaning anything. Like, even when they know what to do and how to do it and they've got teams, they're still thinking, well, I don't want to clean. Like, they're still in a, in a, in a, cleaner mindset. And Janelle and Suzanne are magical at helping people make that shift. And I don't understand it. So I'm going to ask a bunch of questions and let Janelle uh, educate us both. Anything I've missed on kind of setting the table, Janelle, or does that kind of make sense about what you were thinking and, and how you see the problem? It is. It, it And it's, it's even a little bit more pervasive. It's like they've built themselves a job. Mm-hmm. It is, it, it's a job and maybe it's a great job even, but it's a job. And so they're thinking like an employee and you're right. The very first thing Suzanne and I do is make the shift to thinking like a business owner. And then all of those things start to fall in line. And keep in mind, for those of you that are out of listening and out of cleaning, this is a double level thing. So if you're like, oh, I'm not out of cleaning. I'm like, great. What do you do? You're like, oh, I spend 60 hours a week working in the office. Same concept, right? So you're still an employee, right? If it requires you to physically be there and run the business, that is not a business to the degree it, it's a job, right? You may be self-employed, but you're not a business owner. A business is a thing that, in, that operates profitably and, and creates clients and fulfills them and all that stuff and throws off cash with or without you. That's a business. A job is... I go in and do this, that, and the other. And as long as I do that, I get paid. So for all of you that are like, oh, this doesn't account for me. I'm out of cleaning. Like, well, are you in the office? Same, the, the mindset, the beliefs, the fears are exactly the same. So everyone I've met, not everyone, the vast majority of Janelle, the people we coach say, I didn't want to be here. Like everyone plans on I know I got to clean for a little while. And some people think a little while is a year or two, which is insane. Some people think a little while is a couple months, which is a little high. It really should be a month or two or, you know, two or three weeks even. But everyone has this belief of when I started, not everyone, the vast majority we talked to at least. When I started, I, this isn't what I pictured. And they might be three months, three months in, they might be three years in. And they're confused as to how they got here, right? I wanted to have a business and here I am X amount of time in and I've got a job. What do you say to the vast majority of the listeners? Like, got me. That's where I'm at. <laughs> where do we start? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, it's a really easy trap to fall into because, you know, culturally we're told to get a job, <laughs> right? I mean, really, how can you, I can just hear it in my head. My grandparents get a job, right? So we're, we're kind of trained and programmed to get a job. We're not told go build a business, right? We're not told go own and be an entrepreneur. We're told get a job because that's considered safe. And so when we set out to build, especially a cleaning business, um, which is job-like, right? I mean, this is, you're physically doing something and it feels so much for so many of these people, they're literally trading their time for dollars because they're even thinking in terms of, I'm going to clean for three hours and you're going to pay me X number of dollars per hour. And therefore I go home and this much of it is what I'm going to pay myself or take, ho- take home as my profit. Um, and it's, it is a total trap because you're an entrepreneur, right? You're an entrepreneur and it is not time for money. It's not about, you know, even if you own the business, there's not the security that we give to the word job, Right. So again, like this mythology that has been handed down to us. And I, I keep, I want to kind of bring this in because so much of what we hold as true in our mindset, in our, in our subconscious, and we wrap it around this, this idea of safety is given to us from legacy of our parents and our grandparents. And in those generations, you had a job, you worked for a company, you got benefits, you were taken care of, you had a retirement, right? It was safe. It was the safe thing. Job equals safe. And that is not true, certainly in our economy, um, it's not true of the gig economy. Uh, if you are an entrepreneur and you own the business, even if you're working in it, it is still not safe. If you are working for a big company, I mean, look at the the tech layoffs that are happening right now. Even if you have a good job and it's paying and it's got benefits, it's not it's not the safety that our um, our generations that come before us have had around the word job. And so as an entrepreneur, um, you know, we want you to rise kind of like above the idea that working in the business and having a job and trading your time for money is safe. The only way to be safe as an entrepreneur is to literally be the owner and take that huge scary leap, which gets you out of your hands working in the business. Take yourself out of the job and make yourself the owner and have the vision for everybody else. You are then creating safety for everybody else. And by doing that, you're creating safety for yourself. So let me give a quick story that I think will illustrate that, a quick definition, and then you can kind of tell us what the next step would be. Like once we kind of start shifting that piece of the mindset, what's next? So the story I have is I remember when I bought uh, or started a car dealership and I'd had, I don't know, 10 or 20 years of high income tax returns as a business owner. And I went to get a car loan for something because we had a bunch of, not a car loan, a house loan. We had a, you know, because we had a bunch of money, you know, on, you know, million dollars of cars I want. So um, anyway, and they said, oh, you can't get a loan. You don't have any income. I'm like, well, if you look at my tax returns for the last decade or so, we've got great income and it's all been from self-employed. Like, but this business has no income. Um, 
And I was like, well, that makes no sense, but okay, so be it. And um, a week or two later, one of my employees came to me and said, hey, I need a pay stub or some sort of paperwork for somebody, you know, something I had to handle because I'm getting a loan. And um, that person had no problem getting a loan. So I just thought how asinine it was to think that they've got a steady job, right? As the world would look at it. But it's a house of cards because if I don't have a steady business, like, you know what I'm saying? Like if I, if that business fails, all the steady jobs are now gone. And who would you check? The guy that's got 20 years of entrepreneurial income, well, he'll just probably start another business <laughs> or the guy, you know what I'm saying? So it's just funny how the world looks. It's just a perfect example of that. The world looking at job being safe, but they're they're crazy. Like even the banks didn't get it. They're like, well, who do you think if I go to business, why is that guy's loan okay? But mine is not. It made no sense. So that's the story. The definitions I want to give, and I think it'll help Janelle take us to the next level of what the next steps are now that we're clearing the problem, is I think people think there's two job types, but if like uh, I think I first read this or see, saw it most clearly articulated is uh Mike Ger- Michael Gerber and the E-Myth. You know, we think there's I'm either a business owner, or I work for someone, you know, I work for myself, or I work for someone else. There's really three. There's being a business owner, or sorry, there's working for someone else. There's working for yourself and there's being a business owner. And we get confused thinking working for, you know, you go from, well, I was working from my boss who was an a-hole and he was making all the money and that jerk, you know, I was working to make him rich. Now I'm working, you know, but he was a crazy person. So I quit and started working for myself and you're just working for another crazy person and you're not going to keep all the money. Now your bosses are your customers. You've got 10 bosses and your customers are your employees as opposed to just the one boss. And you end up making twice as much for, or working twice as much for half as much money. And you're like, but I'm a business owner. No, you're not. You're self-employed um, and having a business. So yeah. Working for someone else, we pretty much get it. I give you 40 hours a week, give or take. You give me a salary, we move on. Being self-employed is I will clean your pool, you'll give me a hundred bucks. I'll clean your house, you give me this. I'll do your taxes, you'll give me that. I will do this thing, you will give me this money. That's that. Having a business is where you create a set of systems that create that outcome, whether you're involved in it or not. And we, I don't think we make that distinction as well. So there's my story, there's my distinction. Now that we're kind of clear on the problem, what's next? How do we move from A to B, sister? Uh Honestly, I think it starts sometimes with letting yourself have the vision, letting yourself have the dream. So until we can see the possibility that, oh, I actually don't have to work time for money, like self-employed, right? Um, And we can see the possibility of I can build the systems and put this thing in place in a way that it employs other people, I employ other people, but I am the vision for the business. So let me, let me push back and get some clarity on that. Cause I would okay. agree with most of that. Um, of course we have to have a vision, no question. Like that's, there's who could disagree with that. I think the nuance that I get stuck on that I want to make sure people get is I think they do have a vision. They know what they want but they don't hold on to it. So they kind of have this schizophrenia of, I see what I want. I've got this feeling of waking up and being able to go to the gym and being control my life and not having this thing run me and go on vacation. Like they have that, but then their day-to-day doesn't mirror it at all. So it's not that they don't have the vision. It's like, I don't know if it's, they don't believe in it or, you know what I'm saying? Like if I said my wife and I, or my fiance and I are engaged and we're, but you're like, when are you going to get married? I'm like, I don't know. And what are you doing tonight? I'm going out with this other girl. And like my life just, you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't have a lot of belief that that was going to be a thing that happened in the world. But if I really was engaged, like we're getting married on this date, I'm so excited. We've got plans. I bought the ring. We're, going, you know, my, my, they would be, 
they would line up. So I think a lot of people have this vision of, I'm going to be married. I'm going to have a business that's whatever, but their day-to-day doesn't match it at all. So it's not that they don't have a vision. It's they don't believe in it or they don't act accordingly. Am I, am I talking crazy? Are you getting into it? Is this, has this been your experience as well, Janelle? It, it, it is because of course the actions have to align with the vision. The, fir- the very, very first thing is you have to be able to see yourself married. <laughs> yeah, right? that's, that was what I was trying to say. That's exactly right. right. Like they don't you see, have to, you have to be able see to see other people. Married. Like yeah. I believe it at some point, but I think they really don't believe it. Like, yeah, I'd be like, if I asked my wife, she said, maybe. And I'm like, oh, I don't, or, you know, only if you'll buy a hundred thousand dollar wedding, but I don't have a hundred, like we see it and we want it, but it's more of a hope than it is a vision. I think it's a, like, I wish I could have this, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think you're right. They don't believe that it's going to happen. Therefore their actions don't align and they don't get the result. And then it reinforces the belief and it just spirals down. Real quick, Cleaning Nation, if you can think about how you found out about this podcast, maybe a tweet, a Facebook message, iTunes search, some sort of Instagram post, the only way we grow is word of mouth. We don't do paid ads. We don't run ads. You are it. The only ask I have is if you're getting value, share the love. However you found out about this, if it's a review or post, whatever it is, do that. Pay it forward so the next cleaning company owner can change their life as well. Back to the show. So my magic formula is... You start hanging out with the people that you see doing it. So spot on. Right. So, spot on. so yeah, if you've got a cleaning business and you know that there's something else out there, listening to this podcast is part of the very first step of coming to understand that it is in fact possible for people just like me. And I'm going to start to listen to the people who know how to do it. I'm going to start hanging out with people who are successful entrepreneurs and support my dream and who aren't just know what you've got is good enough, right? Supporting. Or even worse, jealous. Like or jealous. They're afraid they want that thing that you want, but they're a step behind you and they still have a job. And if you get that thing, now their job makes them feel. So it's all about them and they'll tell you a bunch of things. And even some of them good hearted, your parents or people or somebody that's like, love you and want what's best for you, but they're not they're not entrepreneurs, so they don't know how to give that to you. And you're so right, Janelle, because my favorite part about and why we do the vast majority of our training in group setting is we get such great people, but they're all human. I think we kind of picture that guy or that gal that makes 10 grand a month and works zero to 10 hours a week is like this alien being that I could never be. And then you see a guy or gal or a dozen guys or gals that all started where you started just a couple months ago and are either there or well on their way there. And you're like, well, this guy's not any smarter than me. Like I thought he'd be super good looking and have an IQ of a hundred and graduated from like, there'd just be this in six feet tall with a deep voice or just like weird, like magical things. You're like that's just a dude like, or a gal, like they don't have the magic stuff. So how, cause it's so important, you know, I don't want to, skimp over it. So there's two kind of easy ones, but I don't think it's going to answer for everybody. Obviously listen to the podcast that helps, but there's a difference when we can talk to you. You can't talk to us, right? You, you can't right. ask a question. So that's helpful. I'm not saying don't do that. And then Facebook groups, there's a bunch of, you know, we have a nice Facebook group. It's like 15,000 people half done what they're doing and whatever, whatever. And then our clients, we, we instill it. Like you're going to be with people. You're going to see them like this is happening, but not everyone can do that either. So for the, those that can't be clients and that the Facebook group and the, like, how do you, and I, I get, I'm just trying to think of all the potential things that, well, there's a lay tip or there's a local business owner of the chamber. It's different when you see an IT guy who's 
running his business or a restaurant, you know, like if it's a different business. So how do you I'm just trying to think, and again, without like promoting ourselves, like be, and we only take a few clients, so we couldn't handle all of you wanted it anyway, but how do you make that happen? Cause I think it's important that it's in your industry, not crucial, but important. So what would you say to those folks that can't be clients and need more than just like, how do you build that community up? Well, I think definitely, I think it's helpful to be industry specific, but I do believe that being around other entrepreneurs, whatever business they're in, just drinking that um, entrepreneurial Kool-Aid together um, will support the dream, right? It's going to, it's going to water that dream and that little sprout of I can do this is going to grow. I think Again, saturating yourself in the the thought leaders, the the books, the podcasts, the whatever trainings um, that are going to again water that little sprout of entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and I, I, you know, have a plan. Right. Mm -hmm. So as you as you sprout your as you sprout your entrepreneurial spirit, create a clearer vision. So if you know that you want to be that entrepreneur that works 10 hours a week and makes ten thousand dollars. What are my mile posts? What are my mile markers along the way that I have to do? Oh, well, I'm definitely going to have to employ hire employees. So what do so I let need me, to do? Let me tie a bow in the first two steps and move on because you're you're yeah. taking us to the third, what I would say would be the, the final step. Let me just make sure we wrap. So step one is giving yourself permission and feeding, giving yourself permission to have a vision of you, right? Because if we every day are cleaning toilets, it's really hard to hold a vision of a different life. So you've got to make sure that you're holding that vision. Step two, in in my opinion, steps two and three are really just ways to reinforce that vision that you have. Like we said, if I don't spend time with my wife or she doesn't like me or we never talk or plan for a wedding, it's going to be hard for me to believe we're going to be married at some point. But if you know we're going wedding shopping and picking venues and inviting people, like my certainty that that's going to happen kind of goes up. If I hear if I hang out with a bunch of other married people, I'm like, okay, this I'm starting to see it, right? Um, but if my wife and I are the only people that have ever gotten married of any we know, everyone I hang out with and ever ever have met is single, that's really tough to, to to see that. So step two is hang out with people. And you made such a good point. I think the way I would sum it up, and feel free to correct me if I if I'm putting words in your mouth, just curate your influence. So podcast books from thought leaders, really helpful eliminating people that are going to tell you they can, you know, people that are broke telling you how not to be broke. Let's not listen to them. Let's listen to rich people. And even when you start curating that, ideally it'll be someone in your industry if you're not fine, but don't even get into that. I've got to get you to tell me, or, you know, they'll do a thing like, oh, I had a guy that was mentoring me. And what they meant by that was like, we had lunch two or three times a year. And I would ask him questions with me. And that's not mentoring. It's, and you can, that's really, if you're going to get a coach, get a real coach. So if you've got that guy, I would, instead of doing lunch and be like, I'm going to squeeze all the brain juice out of this guy in like an hour. You can't, don't even try. I would just try and touch base with them a lot. So you just see a lot of people that are living that life that you want more than I'm going to get exactly what to do and how to do it. That's where you go to, you know, getting coaching or on YouTube or reading a book or like, you know, find people that are professionally helping you do that and just be with the people. So you just hang out with the dude and you're like, kind of, you know, you see the Oz behind the curtain. You're like, well, you're just a regular fella that's got a little better systems and beliefs than I have. 
So I would do that as much as I can. And then I would also eliminate the people that were not giving that feedback, right? Generally people working for someone else telling you how it would work. And also just if a guy's making 60, working 60 hours a week and making more money than you, that's not a guy I would curate. I want to curate a guy that's actually living the life that I want, not just on the money side or gal, um, but on the time side as well. So is that a fair synopsis of one and two, get clear on your vision, start hanging out with people that are clear on your vision. Step three, make a plan that lets, and by the way, this is where everyone's going to jump on board going, that's all I ever wanted. You talked to me about all this other garbage. I promise. Yes. And if you could just make the plan without steps one and two, great, but you can't, you won't, no one does. So I know you're like, finally the good stuff. It's like, this has all been the good stuff. I promise, you know, we, we have to coach people through this. If I could just, we have a plan that's already made. If we could just give it to them, we wouldn't have all this mindset coaching and meetings and, you know, we would just do it. So it's all, this is all the good stuff. The, the, the beliefs and who you hang out with is such a big deal. So once you've got a vision that's clear, you've got support around you, you've eliminated the, the negative voices or reduced substantially the negative voices. You've cultivated the positive voices, whether it's one to many, like a podcast or a book or one-to-one, like a friend or a community or a coach or whatever. Now, how do we take all that to build a plan? So, yeah, you, you first of all need to know what it is you're aiming at. Again, some people want the 10 hours a week and uh, $10,000 a month. Some people don't want that. Some people, maybe they want to be more involved. You've got to decide what it is you really want from your business. Um, give yourself a timeline. Hold on. And then, you, said some, you said something good. I want people not to miss. So we made some assumptions on this call, like working 10 hours a week, making 10, 10 grand a month is just a nice first milestone. You could be wanting to work 60 hours a week and make 30 or work five hours and make five. So I love that even when you are curating your deal and you've got a good voice, like leaders in the industry, you got to make sure they're aligned with what you want. So I really like getting clear on what you want, time and money. So don't be limited to, or other people might be like, I would be happy if I could just make, oh my gosh, if I could just work 10 hours a week and I have to clean it all and make four grand a month, I'd be wildly happy. It's like, that's fine. So I really like the, even when they're good people, I don't get it. You know, Janelle and I can be experts in our field. We're not experts in your life and what you want. So I love that clarity of really what I want and don't let me or anybody else kind of Oh, that's stupid. It's not big enough or it's it's too big or we don't get a vote. So I love that clarity of um that's that's what comes from you, right? You get to yeah. make that. Yeah, I love that. So so important. Please continue. Yeah. And and again, in our in our even in our community, we have people who want to make a million dollars. And then we've got other people who are like, hey, 10 grand a month, I'm good. And kooky stuff is the 10 grand a month, I'm good. Start hanging out with the guys wanting to make 20 and all of a sudden, and it's fine. You don't have to, but a lot of times you're like, well, you know, that guy's, yeah. So, which is great. Yeah. Like it's totally (laughs) fine. Or you double down and go, I still want what I want. Great. It's totally okay. So this this is your party. We're just, yeah, yeah, you get to, yeah, go ahead. So again, design it, right? It's your party. Design it. Decide what you want. Do you want that fancy wedding or do you want the thing on the beach with three people there, right? But you get to decide it, decide, and then, you know, break it down into steps. Um, I, I'm i a big firm believer that everything you ever needed for any, any challenge is available on the internet. It's just a matter of taking the time to find it, right? So go, go figure out what your plan is going to be and what your first your next step is, right? So if you know that you want to get out of cleaning, you're going to have to hire a place. So pretty you know, hard to, unless you know how to build a robot, that's pretty hard to get out of cleaning without clean, hiring cleaners. Absolutely. That's right. A, and AI is not going to fix this problem. You know, it's so funny. We, when I was a kid, I thought, you know, the white collar jobs we get 
come for last, the blue collar, like, you know, flipping burgers and cleaning toilets. I like, that's what AI is going to come for. No, it's been the opposite. Like the thinking man's game, like me and Janelle, our jobs are in much more risk of like being thought and being smart and figuring stuff out than, you know, we are, we might be, who knows how long we are from that being done, but people physically cleaning houses or robot AI and robots cleaning houses, you know, look at Roomba that's been around for 20 years. It's still no offense room, but still like, still ain't going to do as good as a human vacuuming. So yeah, you got time. Yeah. So I mean, this is, this is uh, an AI proof business industry. Well, right. I don't know if anything's proof. We'll see, but well, well, we'll you, see. You but, got the longest runway. You're gonna get. We're gonna. We're gonna lose this at the very end. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, um, you know, figure out. Okay, my first step is to get myself out of cleaning. I'm gonna hire employees. Put a stake in the ground. I'm gonna hire employees. I'm gonna be out of this cleaning. This cleaning. My cleaning job in a month in two months, in six months, whatever that stake is for yourself, because then you actually can put the goals down on paper and commit to it and take the action. So this is where now we get into taking the action to back up the dream. But a lot of times the dream feels very, very um, untangible and unrealistic because we simply don't even know where we're headed in order to lay out the next steps. So I've got to wrap it because we're running long, but Janelle's exactly right. When we feel overwhelmed or disconnected from the dream, break it into smaller steps. Like one of the first things that we have, are, and again, this is exactly what we do with our, and by the way, this is why you hire a coach as opposed to figure it on your own. You pay someone, could be us, could be anyone, or you can figure it on your own. It just takes more time and money. Um, so the first thing we have people do is set their goal, right? If you don't, if you're not clear on exactly where you want to be, you'll never get there. Then, um, on the cleaning industry, we have it break it down into the little bits. Let's look at your customer and how profitable they are. Let's look at your gross sales, your cost of goods sold, your overhead and your expenses and your profit. Once we do that, we look leads, bid sales, uh, applicants interview starts. How many, how many do you need of each of these things? So when you start breaking it down, if you're like, I want to build a million dollar company in a year, it's like, that's overwhelming. But if you're like, well, I need to get 32 leads a month give 11 bids and take on seven new clients for me. That'd be more residential and commercial every month. The next year, like, okay, I can do that. And I need to run a hiring ad and get a hundred applicants and, you know, have, you know, maybe 30 show or a dozen show up to my group interview and hire two or three every month. Or like just when you start breaking down, like, oh, okay. So, you know, make building this million dollar business seems undoable, but just breaking down little steps seems super doable. So, I'm going to wrap. Um, if you are like, well, I need more on how to do and what to do. We've got uh, our thousand. I think we just did. or going to do our thousand podcast. It's been recorded. I just don't want it's going to be released. So plenty on what to do and how to do it. Um, and if you need some help from us, just go to growingcleaningcompany.com, reach out. We've got coaches, um, love to help help. Don't know for a fit, but we can at least help you get some clarity on what to do and how to do it. If we end up working together, great. If not, at least you'll have a plan, but find people that you like and you trust that can help you. Hold on to them for dear life. Growingcleaningcompany.com. Check it out now. See you there. Well, here we are, the end of the podcast, and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me in the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431. 602-932-6431. 
I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now. 602-932-6431. Give me a text. Say hey. Can't wait to meet you.